Professional Football League, let's jump into Week 7 matchups and predictions. Welcome to the Challenge Flag Podcast, where we put your fantasy season under review. We're going to break down the Professional Football League Week 7 games. First, we'll do a quick recap of the Week 6 results. So, RJ, go ahead, take us away. Sure thing. So, our first matchup of the week, we had Commissioner's Curse, Blake Watson with 121.20 over AFC Richmond, which was my team. They put up another dreadful 82.78. Next matchup, we had Robin's Birds, which is George Robin's squad with 160.00 over the Chernobyl Janitors, Matthew Beicher's team with 125.58. Next matchup, we had Creek Haven Comeback Kids, Blake Fuller's team with 126.12 over Risky Business Incorporated, of course, Chris Risk's team with 71.86. Makes my team look pretty good right there. Then we have Team Drew K7, Drew Kulas's team with 146.68 over Team Breezeless. Mr. Raj Landry with 100.50. Finally, we have Waffle House Bankruptcy, Michael Costa's team with 160.00 over Team E.T. Woods. Of course, Ethan Woods' team with 122.14. That'll do it with our Week 6 recap. So, Blake, you can go ahead and lead us into our Week 7 preview. So, we'll do a breakdown of our record of preview so far. RJ has a 20-10 and 10 record off to a very excellent start this season. Myself... I'm catching up. I'm catching up to you, RJ. I was below 500 for the first four or five weeks, and now I have a 16 and 13 records. I'm only four games out of the lead. Our guest picker last week, Matt Beischer, did much better than his predecessor and has a three and two record for last week. I'm pretty sure Fuller only had one correct prediction. Granted, he said he would have picked my team against his, so we'll give Fuller a one and a half on his correct predictions for his visit, but Matt still doubled him up three and two record last week. We'll break down five more games. I may just pick the opposite team as you this week, just that way I can catch up to you when you get all of your matchup predictions wrong and I'll surpass you in our standings. How you think my strategy is going to work out for me? I mean, I've got some some tips and tricks I can share with you if you want to know how the expert does it. Uh, I've picked up a few different items. Number one, never pick me. Number two, never pick Ethan once. And it's becoming number three, don't pick Chris Risk. So you do those things. You're setting yourself up pretty well for success. Well, looking at these matchups, I think I may be set up pretty well for success this week. That first one that we're looking at, mentioning your team here, it's going to be AFC Richmond versus the Creek Haven Comeback Kids, which is RJ Beecher against Blake Fuller. We'll do a quick breakdown of the matchups. So I will give RJ's player first, followed by Blake Fuller's player second. At the quarterback positions, we have Russell Wilson for AFC Richmond versus Patrick Mahomes for the Creek Haven Comeback Kids. The running backs for RJ's team are Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Blake's team, it's Kenneth Walker and Derrick Henry. At the wide receiver positions, AFC Richmond is starting Mike Evans and Rondale Moore versus Debo Samuel and DeAndre Hopkins. The tight end breakdown is TJ Hawkinson versus Dalton Schultz. And then the flex positions for RJ is Mike Williams and Kenny Pickett versus Amon Ross St. Brown and Jalen Waddle for Fuller. And the defenses are currently the New Orleans Saints versus the Dallas Cowboys. Looking at some of the bench options for RJ's team, 
players that he does not have on by this week include James Robinson, Jared Judy, and George Pickens. Some bench options for Fuller this week are currently Trevor Lawrence, Latavius Murray, Curtis Samuel, and Gerald Everett. So a quick breakdown of RJ's team first, some of the positives. He should finally get Jonathan Taylor back this week. I think Jonathan Taylor was a surprise inactive last week. And so I think that not only does he get him back, but he gets him in a game against Tennessee, which at first sounds like a bad matchup. But Indianapolis versus Tennessee is going to be another slog fest. I don't think you're going to see much happening by way of the air. All of the offensive production this game is going to come by way of land. So look for Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor to get huge volumes. Jonathan Taylor's backup, Deion Jackson, last week had a very successful game, showing that this Colts offensive line can provide the type of game necessary for a fancy running back to thrive. Joe Mixon also has a great matchup against Atlanta, so the running back room for RJ is looking really good. The concerns are the wide receiver position. I think it goes without saying, if you're starting Rondale Moore in a 10-team PPR league, then you probably have a little bit of concern at the wide receiver position. As we mentioned, Jared Judy is currently sitting on RJ's bench, so that's always an option if he would like. George Pickens as well. So maybe he can address that concern, but that's really the biggest concern on RJ's team. Looking at Fuller's team, the positive is, He gets DeAndre Hopkins back. Not only does he get him back, but he gets him as Hollywood Brown is exiting stage left with with an injury. Kyler Murray clearly needs some kind of receiver to serve as a crutch for him. And DeAndre Hopkins was that guy the first seven games of last year. And I think going forward without Marquise Brown, that'll be D-Hop's role again this year. Kenneth Walker looks like a very solid running back two option. Clear workhorse back in Seattle. I don't really recall anyone getting any other significant touches than Kenneth Walker last week. And Jalen Waddell draws an excellent matchup against Pittsburgh. We will see if he can capitalize on it. It's been a little bit of an up-and-down season for Jalen. The concerns for Fuller's team, I have to be honest with you, I'm really struggling to find any concerns for this team. A lot of good matchups this week. Getting DeAndre Hopkins back is huge. And being able to replace that running back position with Kenneth Walker, who was a very nice surprise for Fuller after Rashad Penny went down. Fuller's team is now looking more dominant than ever. And I think RJ is going to get a chance to see that firsthand this week. RJ, who's your pick in this game? Well, I already tipped you off to my strategy here. So number one on that was never pick me. So I'm going to stick with that strategy. I'm going to go with Fuller as well. But I do have to defend my guy here. Rondale Moore, since he's come back from injury, has been like sneaky, sneaky good. He's had a pretty good floor. And D-Hop coming back in the trade for Robbie Anderson shouldn't really impact him too much because he makes most of his production out of the slot. Both those guys are outside receivers. So I think Rondale Moore is like a sneaky good flex matchup. And I I think if y'all are in other leagues and own Rondell Miller. I think he's a good start this week. I don't know. I've had bad luck with Thursday night players. So he's in my wide receiver spot, but realistically he's my flex because I'd be starting Mike Evans and, and Mike Williams there. So I think another thing we didn't hit on that is also significant with my squad is that I'm starting Kenny Pickett this week. Had Justin Fields decided to go for the uh, the big swing there with Pickett. So we'll see. It's, you know, at this point in my season, I just kind of have to hope I hit on something, but going with Fuller as well. Yeah, starting Kenny Pickett is definitely difficult. I think you're probably going to have to look to the trade market. Well, who knows? Kenny Pickett might be the truth. But I'll move into my next uh, matchup, which is, of course, like your squad, Commissioner's Curse. 
against Mr. Costa Squad, Waffle House Bankruptcy. So I'll read through the two rosters right now, and admittingly, there's a bunch of holes in both of these, so it's kind of an interesting dichotomy we have. But, like, you currently don't have a quarterback, so just need to preface it with that. You do have Austin Eckler and Damian Pierce, so good, strong running back core there. Michael Pittman Jr., who was finally back and hot last week. Cortland Sutton. You you have Tyler Higby in there, but he is on bye, so have low expectations there. You got Brian Robinson in your flex. Aaron Jones in your super flex, so another unorthodox kind of proceeding there. You have the Indianapolis defense against Tennessee on your bench. It, it, it doesn't look a lot better. You, you have a lot of players out on bye. You've got Jameis, who probably isn't going to play tonight. Rashad White's there as the backup to Leonard Fournette if you want to do that, but that that's your only option. So I'm imagining that you're probably going to do a swap and replace here where you drop Jameis and you drop Rashad White for the best tight end and quarterback available. But I, I think it seems to me that you're going to roll without a super flex this week, so it'll be definitely interesting. Yeah, I've I've rolled without a super flex for three weeks in a row now, and it hasn't failed me once. Why why stop when something's working? On Michael's side, though, we've got Derek Carr at the quarterback spot. We've got Ezekiel Elliott and Jeff Wilson Jr. as the running backs. Wide receiver, we got Devontae Adams and Chris Olave. Again, same story here that you have. Like, he has Dallas Goddard, who's on a bye, who's still in his lineup. Alan Lazard as the flex. Marcus Mariota as the super flex, who has been quietly pretty good the last few weeks. So, something worth noting there. And then New England's defense against Chicago, which is an excellent defensive matchup there. On the bench, a lot of the same story here. He's missing Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, so two huge pieces. He does have J.K. Dobbins, who may or may not play, Travis Etienne, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the most noteworthy thing here is there's not really any players that you'd want to drop on Michael's side. So he's going to be either rolling without a tight end to offset your not having a super flex, or he's got to drop a significant asset. So that'll be one to watch. Certainly an interesting one, but I'll jump into my more detailed analysis here. Blake positives on your end. You've got a really good running back duo with Eckler and Pierce, and they draw great matchups this week against Seattle and Las Vegas, respectively. I believe they'll continue to produce at a high level. Oh, and this factors in in having Aaron Jones playing out of the flex, which is not bad at all. Love to see that. Second point here, is Matt Ryan back? I don't know. He looked pretty good last week, and I'm not sure, but Pittman looked like exactly what we, or at least what I had hoped he would be last week, and everything everyone was hyping up throughout the offseason. So let's keep the ball rolling against Tennessee. I think it'll be a, a good week for Pittman there. Now, concerns I've hit on a little bit here, but major bye weeks pop up for Blake. He's missing Jalen Hurts and Tyler Higby are the two key positions there and potentially no one to replace them or you're getting the bottom of the barrel since waivers have already cleared. And then you have Jameis on your bench. But again, like I mentioned, he's probably not going to play. It looks like he's still dealing with that back injury. On Michael's side, Michael survived his first major bye week last week, and he's going to welcome back Derek Carr and Devontae Adams into his lineup with what I presume are open arms. And what better way to come off a bye than go straight into a matchup against Houston? So good. Great for those two guys. And then another positive, this was my my play of the week in our other podcast, Blake, but Ezekiel Elliott looked a lot like his old self last week in Philly, and he has a dream matchup against Detroit to hopefully keep that magic going. Now concerns, well, we go out of the frying pan and into the fire, right? Just when Michael gets one QB wide receiver duo back, the other goes out on bye. And this one is even more significant with it being Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. And they'll be out this week, which will be a, just a huge hurt to Michael's core lineup there. 
he'll also be looking at waivers to find that tight end. So you two might have to duke it out for the best tight end available on Sunday. All those things considered, though, I, I'm still going with you, Blake, just because it seems like you're missing one significant piece in Jalen Hurts. He's missing two really significant pieces between the quarterback one and the wide receiver one. So that's a really big hole to fill in his lineup. I think the depth you have in your positional players really offset that. So I'm, I'm picking you this week, and I think you're going to take it away from Michael. Who's your pick? Who I'm going to pick in this matchup? That one is tough. I have confidently rolled with myself just about every week, um, and it's served me pretty well having a 5-1 and one record. That being said, I am very concerned this week about not having really any quarterbacks that, that I can play. That's a major disadvantage. So you talk about me not having one key player. That key player just happens to be the most important person on my roster. I have not rostered a second playable quarterback for four weeks now. And like I said, I've been getting by all right. However, this week with zero playable quarterbacks, I think that I'm definitely in trouble. I'm going to say Michael takes this one. Of course, I'll have a quarterback starting by Sunday, and I will, of course, have a tight end playing as well. So Michael, if you don't want to play a tight end, you can still not play a tight end, but I will be. However, I think that this one, Waffle House bankruptcy, they're going to go all out to do whatever they can to secure a buy and not be in the pool for the league punishment, which for Michael, of course, would be the Waffle House 24-hour challenge. Jumping into the next matchup, we have the Chernobyl Janitors and Matthew Beischer versus Team Breezeless, Raj Landry's team. We'll quickly go through the position breakdowns and matchups. I will be reading Matthew Beischer's team, the Chernobyl Janitors. I'll read his players first, followed by Team Breezeless, Raj Landry's players second. At the quarterback, we have Aaron Rodgers versus Kyler Murray. The running back position, it's Saquon Barkley and Ramondre Stevenson versus Najee Harris and Nicholas Chubb. The wide receiver matchups is T. Higgins and Christian Kirk for Matt versus Terry McLaurin and Deontay Johnson for Raj. The tight end breakdown is Travis Kelsey versus Zach Ertz. The flex positions for Matt are Raheem Mostert and Tua Tagovailoa. And then for Raj, currently Devontae Smith, who's on by, I'm sure that will be changed. And then Daniel Jones in his super flex. The defenses are the Baltimore Ravens and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Raj. So some bench options for Matt. He has A.J. Dillon, Zay Jones, Michael Gallup, and Pat Fryermuth. Some bench options for Raj. He has Jared Goff, Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Hunter Renfro all available. And I'm sure one of those people will step in for Devontae Smith in the flex position. The positives for the Chernobyl janitors. Ramondre Stevenson looks like he should be the lead back for New England for the rest of the year after his performance this last week. Like I said, I thought he was going to be a stud, and he proved that he was. There's a chance that Damian Harris does come back and takes away some touches from him. However, I think that the split will probably be close to 70-30 if there is any split going forward. They may just let Damian Harris take another week to rest up, though. He may be an active player that does not play. And then also for Matt, he just has easy, easy matchups across the board. So you look, Aaron Rodgers has Washington. Saquon Barkley's playing Jacksonville. Ramondre Stevens playing Chicago. T. Higgins is playing Atlanta. Raheem Mostert's playing against the Steelers, and so is Tua. So just not a lot of good defenses going up against Matt this week. 
the concerns for Matt, Christian Kirk actually draws a tough matchup against the surprise team of the 22-23 season in the New York Giants. And Christian Kirk's been struggling as the wide receiver one in Jacksonville to find any sort of footing the last couple of weeks. It's going to be hard for him to get into any kind of rhythm against this team. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but the New York Giants are playing some some shutdown defense. They uh, quieted the Baltimore offense last week in the second half after kind of a slow start for that defense. So Christian Kirk could be in trouble this week because the New York Giants found their mojo in the second half. Some positives for Raj. He has good matchups across the board as well. You have Kyler Murray versus the New Orleans Saints, which the, the Saints have not been as good as I thought they were going to be. I know I mentioned them as a good defense a few weeks ago. I retract that statement. Najee Harris is playing against Miami. Nick Chubb is playing against Baltimore, who has a surprisingly lackluster run defense. And Deontay Johnson is playing against Miami as well. The concerns for Kyler Murray, there are concerns even though the New Orleans defense isn't that great. For example, the Call of Duty early access has been released for beta testing this month. I don't know if he does have access for it. I know that there's an extra fee. You have to pre-order it, and that means you have to order the more expensive edition, which for someone on Kyler Murray's budget is probably a little bit difficult. So I'm, I'm not convinced that he has been playing Call of Duty, but if he has, that could definitely affect his performance going into this week. Another concern, Josh Jacobs is currently on Raj's bench. This is a concern that he could flip into a positive because Devontae Smith is currently on bye in the flex spot. My pick, man, I really want to pick Raj, especially knowing that Josh Jacobs is probably going to be starting. And so he'll have Najee Harris in an easy matchup, Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs all starting this week. But the matchups for Matt's team are just too, too good. And with Cooper Cup being on bye for Matt this week, I still think he pulls out a win. Who's your pick, RJ? So this one is really, really tough. I, I think there's a couple other things maybe worth discussing here. Your point about Ramondre, it's very possible that he ends up being the lead back, but as we were sit literally sitting here having this discussion, I got a notification from Sleeper that Damian Harris is back at practice and he potentially could go Monday night. So there are rumors of that not necessarily being the full-on Ramondre Stevenson show there feel like we need to talk about that another thing that we overlooked is that when you're looking at this in the web view we can't see this but Dak Prescott is in Raj's IR spot and very likely will be coming to play against the Detroit Lions this week so that kind of in my opinion that might this one's really close and and I didn't want to pick Raj originally because I was like wow you know Deontay Johnson's probably not going to look great because Kenny Pickett seems to favor George Pickens Terry McLaurin he doesn't have Carson Wentz, maybe that's a positive. I don't know. But the fact that he gets Dak back, he might have a huge advantage there by having two, you know, probably top five options this week at the quarterback spot. I think Najee against Miami is a pretty good matchup. I think Nick Chubb's a great matchup. And then you, you factor in the explosiveness we've seen from Josh Jacobs. And I, I think I'm going to do something crazy and pick Raj here with that knowledge. If Dak wasn't in there, I'm absolutely going the other way, though. Yeah, I'm not sure that it's too crazy. I really, really wanted to pick Raj, even Dak coming back and being put in his lineup. I just don't know. Um, but again, we'll mention it one more time. I have a unhealthy affinity for Matt's roster, so it, it's hard for me to pick against them any week. 
I also want to caveat this by saying if Raj does not put Josh Jacobs into his lineup and he does not put Dak Prescott into his lineup, I am not picking him anymore. That pick switches to the other side. So I just need that there. I'll, you know, I, I did it the other week. I said uh, I had that caveat with you in Jordan's matchup a couple weeks back where I did hold myself and put that as a loss. Yeah, you said if I put a quarterback in my lineup and I did not put a quarterback, I put Damian Pierce in my lineup. So I was wanting to see how you would handle that. Yep, yep. That one went in the loss column. I'm an honest man. But we'll go ahead and keep moving here. We've got our next matchup. We've got Robin's apostrophe, 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 apostrophe birds against Team E.T. Woods. I think these two are pretty self-explanatory, but if you got lost, that is Jordan Robbins versus Ethan Woods. So the two lineups that we have here, starting with Jordan's side, we've got Joe Burrow as the quarterback, Kamara and Fournette as the staple running back duo. Currently, both wide receiver spots are empty, and the two presumed players that Jordan has on his roster to fill those would be Alec Pierce and Garrett Wilson. I said that with a question mark. It's a little concerning. Kittles, back in the tight end spot, looked good last week. In the flex spot, we've currently got Devin Singletary and then Kirk Cousins in the super flex spot. Super flex will be you know, filled by Matt Ryan, who we have here on the lower end of the bench. And then that would leave the flex to be your favorite player, Taysom Hill. So the, the duo there at the tight end spot. Uh, and then the defense will be the Denver Broncos against the New York Jets. So a lot of shifting pieces there, Jordan. Thank you for making this easy on me as I read through your lineup. And you're even worse than Raj, so do it that way you will. On Ethan's side, we've got Tom Brady as the quarterback, Christian McCaffrey and David Montgomery as the two running backs, Jamar Chase and DK Metcalf man the wide receiver spots, David Njoku is the tight end, Amari Cooper is the flex, Matthew Stafford is on bye, so he is not the super flex there, and Ethan does not have one on his roster, so something to keep an eye on. He does have Green Bay against Washington, who does not have Carson Wentz. Again, maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. So Ethan potentially could roll with the non-superflex strategy this week and, and put in a uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a Jacoby Myers, a Brandon Ayuk, who played really well last week. Or he could drop David Njoku and, and roll with Kyle Pitts and pick up a quarterback. Who knows? But to my more detailed analysis here for, for Jordan... The old guard keeps coming back to life. Kamara and Fournette followed up week five's great performance with an encore this week. They both looked great, and George Kittle even joined the party. They'll look to keep it rolling with more good matchups for this week. And then Joe Burrow was absolutely dealing last week as well. He gets a great matchup against Atlanta this week and another opportunity to produce big. Now for the concerns. Jordan's got five players out on bye this week, including some massive pieces in his starting lineup. We've got Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Devin Singletary, He'll have to rely on some less desirable names to get through this week. Matt Ryan, Garrett Wilson, Alec Pierce, Taysom Hill potentially, or you could drop him and then pick him up for $20 later. We're going to keep making that joke because it deserves to be made. Now on Ethan's side, positives. PJ Walker is actually really great for Christian McCaffrey. It's like the best thing that could have happened for him. He is willing to throw to the running back and that gives CMC the floor we were used to seeing from him. With Baker Mayfield in there, it was like a 10 to 12 point floor. With P.J. Walker passing it to him, he, it's it's more realistically like a 18 to 20 point floor with even higher upside, even against Tampa Bay this week. Much like his quarterback counterpart, Jamar Chase was on last week, and he will be looking at another high upside matchup against the Falcons. Now, concerns. Tom Brady just has not looked like himself this year. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe it's the tablets. But either way, it doesn't get much easier than a matchup with Pittsburgh. And yeah, that didn't go well. 
hard to have much confidence in the GOAT this week. And speaking of quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford is out on bye, like I mentioned, and Ethan currently has no replacement. And speaking from personal experience, there's not a ton of quarterbacks worth grabbing this week. This one's pretty tough, but why why would I mess with the winning formula? This is another tip I didn't give you, Blake, but if you want to pick games right, apparently picking Jordan is the way to go. So I picked Jordan the last couple of weeks, and it's worked out for me, and I'm going to stick with that despite the buys. Picks for Robbins. How about you? I joked with you about picking the opposite team from you in every matchup, and in every matchup but one so far, I'm going to ride with a different team. I think Team E.T. Woods gets their first win. I really do. Um yeah, looking at Jordan's lineup now is, I mean, it's really a headache. It gives me anxiety to look at my lineup without a quarterback and a tight end. Jordan's lineup has more holes than the Washington secondary, so it's very difficult to to really honestly assess his team. But I just think that Team E.T. Woods, with his starters being 0-6, as it may be, he does have all of his starters, and I mean, it looks like Jordan's entire team is practicing social distancing two years after the pandemic. So every other one of his starters is out this week on bye. I'm going to roll with E.T. Woods. The final matchup for the week pits Risky Business Inc., our defending champion, against Team Drew K7 in what is not probably the game of the week, if I'm being honest with you. We will break down each positional matchup. I will Name Risky Business Inc.'s player first, followed by Team Drew K7's player. So Chris Risk is starting Justin Herbert at quarterback against Lamar Jackson for Drew. The running backs are Eno Benjamin and Kareem Hunt for Risky Business versus Antonio Gibson and Brees Hall. C.D. Lamb and Drake London are the wide receivers against Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin. The tight end matchup is currently Darren Waller versus Mark Andrews. The flex spot, Chris is starring Devin DuVernay and then Jimmy Garoppolo in the super flex against Drew's Tyler Lockett and Geno Smith, the stack right there for his flex players. And then the defenses are currently the 49ers against the Jets. I imagine that the 49ers will not be in Chris's defensive slot because they are playing Kansas City this week. Again, I could be wrong, but we will see. Looking at the bench players for these teams, Drew doesn't really have anyone available, so we'll focus on Chris's team. He has James Conner, Jamal Williams, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, and DeAndre Swift on his bench right now. I'm sure he will plug DeAndre in, and uh, again, I don't know what he's going to do with the defenses. Drew only has DJ Moore and Romeo Dobbs on his bench. Romeo Dobbs is my play of the week. However, I don't anticipate any movement from Drew here. Looking at Chris's roster... The positives, he did not get hurt by too many bye weeks. He has one bye week, and that's Irv Smith. And I'm pretty sure Irv Smith was just a pickup for when Darren Waller was on his bye week last week. So essentially, Chris has no one on bye in this matchup. For my concerns, the notes I have about concerns for Chris's roster is, yes, I am concerned. That's it. That's my analysis. Drew's team the positives Chris Godwin came back last week and he looks good he's getting targets and he draws a pretty good matchup actually an extremely good matchup against Carolina so look for him to continue in his return to to find success with Tom Brady Gino and Lockett draw a good matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers this week I think that they get back on track as long as Gino can keep up this 
fairy tale run he's having and the clock doesn't strike midnight, then I think that Tyler Lockett will continue to be good. I know he didn't have the best week last week, but I, I think that there's a very good chance that they write the ship here. My concerns for Drew's team, his running back situation is not super great. Brees Hall has a very tough matchup against Denver. I named him as my fate of the week this week, and so I think that it's very concerning that he's in there. I would not be surprised if he doesn't score double digits. Dalvin Cook is also on by, and when whenever your first-round draft pick is not playing, it's always a brutal week for you to have to find a way to replace him, and he doesn't really have many more options on the bench, so he's currently starting Antonio Gibson, who's now the running back two or three in Washington. So not, not superb, but I think... All that being said, I'm still going to roll with Drew's team here. I think that Antonio Gibson is basically a hole in his roster, um, but I think Chris countered that very well by starting Drake London, and starting anyone from Atlanta is like having a hole in your roster as well. So I think those two cancel out. I'll take Drew win. RJ, who you have? Well, you can't always pick the opposite of me when you go first. So I, I, I do have to go with Drew here as well. I think there are a couple more merits here to Chris's team that we didn't really get a chance to discuss. Herbert gets a great matchup against Seattle. He should deal there. And then CD gets a great matchup against Detroit. And yeah, that okay. Yeah, there were a couple good matchups on Chris's team. I'm sorry, Chris. But overall, yeah, those two guys should be good. But on, on Drew's side, yeah, there's just too much good to, to really go the other way. Lamar is going to produce... Brees Hall's a little bit more of a question mark, plays a tough defense there in Denver, so he he starts a slew of some really rough matchups there. Tyreek gets a, just an amazing, amazing matchup against Pittsburgh, and he, he's matchup-proof, he's quarterback-proof. This man is going to put up points. Godwin gets Carolina fine, Andrews is a beast. So just a lot a lot of good here. I think it, the wise decision would be to to stick with, with you here, Blake, and go with uh, Drew. So I'm going to lock in my last pick of the week. Well, then it sounds like I'll have to wait until week eight to pass you on that the overall record. I think it's interesting. There are a lot of parallels between our defending champion, Mr. Risk, and the Super Bowl defending champions, Los Angeles Rams, where going into the season, we all thought that Chris was going to get off to a hot start. We thought he had a pretty good team, and everyone thought that the Rams offense was just going to pick up where it left off and both teams are really struggling to find their footing. Um, both teams, people are concerned if playoffs are even in their futures. So no real analysis other than that. I just thought that that was a, a very interesting analogy there. With that, we'll go ahead and get out of here. For my co-host, RJ Beecher, we just want to say good luck, and we'll see you next week.